Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. And let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for everything as we, as before we get started with the, the word today. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great nation of ours. We thank you for our president, for his family. Thank you for our vice president, for his cabinet. We thank you that uh, our administrators that are listening to you are hearing from you. And we're thanking you that all the opposition that's going on, may they understand that the time we're living in is not a political time. It's a time in which the the nation of ours shall be built up and come together in unification. We shall be one in the name of Jesus. God, you bless this nation. So this nation is blessed. You said if we would humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, that you would come and heal our land. Well, thank God you're doing it. Thank God that we're saying we're one day closer to opening all of our doors and all the states, all of the ministries and all the jobs, all the, all the locations, the economy's opening up. We're thanking you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we love you. We thank God for you. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today and Thank you that you and I are part of this kingdom and thank God that we have a right to celebrate God. Thank you that we have a right to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, that we have the right to be one in Christ. So let's go back into the word today and let me pick up from where I was in the, uh, from last Sunday and we're seated in Christ Jesus. So let's get into that and let's, let's go forward with that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Praise God. And Jesus is Lord. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. My wife is now leaving the set. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, it is so important for us that you and I celebrate this. Let's, let's go back into this, into the time frame of, of the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul uh, had, by revelation, by the Spirit of God, penned this. And in penning this, he did this by supernatural comprehension. He spoke very specifically in Genesis, excuse me, Ephesians 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, 4 and 5 and 6, in regards to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost and the interaction of our life in, in spiritual activity as well as natural activity. So the Word is both spiritual and practical. It's got to be both because we're spiritual individuals. We are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And because we live on this earth, God has given to us the ability to walk on this planet and deal with, like say, for instance, the coronavirus and uh, not deal with the fear of it, not deal with, with, the, uh, with the overwhelming news that we're hearing and all the, the stuff that's coming at us. We have a defense mechanism called life in God. He that had the Son had life. He that had not the Son had not life. The, the scriptures are very clear to us that that uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and we the righteous run into it and then we're safe. So we do this as we glorify God. So Ephesians chapter 1, this is where we were last week, verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us, who hath blessed us. And He blessed us with all spiritual blessings in 
heavenly places in Christ. He blessed us in heavenly places in Christ. And when he did this, you and I have got to recognize that the blessing of God is in our Christ-likeness, in our born-again living. It's not about what we've done or haven't done, whether we made mistakes or didn't make them. It wasn't about our past. Listen, you and I become new creatures and old things are passed away. All things have become new. So the blessing is in Christ. And because it's in Christ, that word Christ, the anointed one, it is anointing. There's nothing that you and I in the natural can work at. See, by grace are we saved through faith. So the grace that we have is an action of faith accepting what God's done. And as I stated before, if you remove the letter G from grace, you have the word race. So run your race and run it and keep the pace. And when you do it, you get to see his face. Glory be to God. All right. Now, according to verse four, it says this. According. Now, this is powerful. As he hath chosen us in him and he chose us in him and he did it before the foundation of this world. Now, the world, he didn't say the foundation of the globe. He didn't say the foundation of the earth. That's different. The earth is the actual planet. And uh, that, that level of the, of, of the planet is where we live physically on, on planet earth. However, the world has to do with what's referred to as the system. Now, this system uh, that was born after the fall that you and I got delivered out of, we were chosen before it got started, way before that. And the Bible said that we should be holy and without blame before him. And listen to this powerful word in love before him in love. We are love creations. God loves us. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The proof of love is in its giving. If God didn't love us, he wouldn't have given. So the proof of real love is giving. Giving is the real love. And so now, so we, we dealt with this. And as we dealt with this area of it, uh, you and I are, are growing in this relationship. So I wanted to take us a little further. And let's go over to the book of Ephesians again. Let's go to chapter 1 and let's begin our reading at verse 17. We're going to be bouncing around the book of Ephesians. There's so much revelation here and as we go through this. And uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 17, it makes this powerful statement in here. Um, it says that. It says uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, now catch this, in the knowledge of him. So not the knowledge of, of just things about God, but God himself, the knowledge of him, the relationship, the who God is and what God does and what God will accomplish. See, I've said this before, and I said it uh, just a little while ago, and last week or the week after, I said, I made this statement, and that was this, is that we can put on the, the policies of the church. We can put on a religious setting and never put on Christ. What we need to do is to put on Christ. We need to do that by knowing who our God is. I like what Job said. In the midst of all that Job went through, he came to himself, and here's what he said. He made this powerful statement. He said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. I know he liveth. 
I know that my God is an awesome God. I know that my God is a powerful God. So here he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give unto you the spirit of wisdom and not revelation in the knowledge of him. So the revelation is the knowledge of him. That's powerful. See, a lot of people trying to have a, a theological subject naturally about who God is. Go to the Word and get a revelation of who God is. Now listen, Paul never went to the school of theology. God went to the school of the Spirit. And he learned it in prayer and he got a revelation because of who God was. And because of that, we're reading what Paul wrote. Theology is the study of God. And most of it's done from natural elements. If you go to certain denominations and you go through certain, certain situations when it comes to denominations, their understanding of God from that denominational setting, that religious setting, is where they'll teach you. Well, what we need to do is come here to, the, to where Paul had to write. And he said, they give you the spirit of wisdom. And then in verse 18, he said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, that's where I want to go. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, went into the lower regions of the damned known as hell and defeated Satan there, and then on the third day rose again, he walked on, uh, he, he was glorified, walked on earth with infallible proofs, then he ascended up into heaven, blessing everybody with that ascension. And then when he did this, something powerful happened. We became born again. He was the firstborn of the dead. Well, if there's a firstborn, there's got to be second. So let me ask a question. You know, we're about you know, 2,000 years or more away distance from when the crucifixion, death, resurrection took place. However, right now we're benefiting from that. Right now, we have right now benefits. We have a right now God. So if Jesus was the firstborn, I want to know what number I'm in that. What number are you? What number are we in this born again? If he was the firstborn, where are we, man? We fit into that number. Now, the riches of the glory of his inheritance the riches of the glory of his inheritance, which is in the saints, not just for the saints, not because of the saints, it's in the saints. It's in us. That inheritance is in us. It's in you and it's in me. Right now we're your city. This inheritance is here. I did not inherit coronavirus. I did not inherit Cancer. I did not inherit leukemia. I did not inherit brain aneurysms. I did not inherit any form of sickness or disease. Now, it's out in the world system, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I'm not saying that attacks won't come, but when they come, the greater one that's in us, if we'll release the power of God and walk by faith every day of our life and live this way and understand I've got a glorious inheritance and everything God gave me is how I'm supposed to live. I live by this glorious inheritance. Now, in order for me to understand that, the, number, the term glory and the inheritance, I've got to couple that together and it's in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? 
Now, as we get into this inheritance part of it, I'm going to give you two things I want to talk to you about. But what's the exceeding greatness of his power? I like, the, the, I like to look at words. Words are, uh, um, uh, I like to, to, to look when something's being said or when somebody's making a comment about something. It says here, what's the exceeding greatness? Now, wouldn't it have been powerful enough if the Apostle Paul would have just said, and what is the greatness? But he didn't say that. He said the exceeding greatness greatness. Everything God does, he does superior. Everything God does, he does above. Everything God does, he does with great majestic living. God is an awesome God. God is powerful. He's just not powerful. He's all powerful. He's just not mighty. He's all might. He is, he's every definition of what you and I could utilize in our natural conversation in our English language, whether it's German, French, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you this. God doesn't, when we get to heaven, God didn't speak German, French and all that. He honors those languages. He knows those languages. He understands those languages and he'll talk to you in them. But the language God talks to is the language of faith. That's why God doesn't understand fear. He doesn't understand doubt and unbelief. Those words don't, don't exist in his vocabulary. They didn't start. So you and I have got to stop speaking words that originated after the fall of Adam. I can't do this. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. We've got to stop those, 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 that type of vocabulary and use God's vocabulary. The language of faith. The language of God is our language. That should be our first language. That should be what we learn. That's how we talk. That's what we ought to be doing. You know that when, when, uh, when my sons were born, both Joel and Brent, when they were both, we had to teach them how to talk, say this, say this, and say bread, say walk, say talk, say mama, say dad. We had to teach them. And oh, when they got started sometimes, we knew what they were saying. We'd tell us, did you hear what they said? And people look at us like, they weren't saying anything. They were just making noise. Oh, no, they said this. Oh, and, and we thought they were the brightest kids in all the world. They had to be the most intelligent kids. Cause, and every parent, you, and, and those of you who watch me, you know you did the same thing as well. You got all excited when they took their first step. You didn't talk too much when they fell on their head, but you talked about when they took the first step and when they picked up a ball and they threw it or whatever they did. You got so excited about that. Can you imagine how excited God is when you say, faith in God works? When you start to say, Father, I love you. Jesus, your Lord. Lord, you are Lord of all. You're Lord over sickness. You're Lord over disease. And, and because of that, sickness and disease can't lord it over me. I have an inheritance. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. This is what the resurrection purchased for us. I talk resurrection talk. I talk words of life. Not words of death, not words of sickness, not words of disease. Now, us were to believe according to the working of his mighty power. We either believe this or we don't. There's a mighty working power on the inside of us. So while you're sitting where you're at at home, you're not weak. You're not weak leans. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Verse 20 said, which he wrought in Christ and raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Now listen to this next part. Far above all powers and principalities and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come. You inherited this. 
You and I are partakers of this. This is our inheritance, man. We have a right to this. I have a right to this inheritance. I have a right to cash this in. I have a right to be able to boldly announce and boldly say that I belong to God, God belongs to me, and that I love God, and God loved me first, and God's mercy is on me, and God's grace is on me. I have this far above all power. Now, from a natural setting, uh, you know, think, think about how many millions and millions of miles the sun is from us. And because the sun is, is that many miles away, almost 93 million miles from us, we still get sunburned. Think about that. However, Jesus is far above that. I mean, think about the close, the, the, some of the planets are four, four million light years away. I mean, think about that. Light years away. I mean, these are, it's an interesting thought. And God's above that. So this scripture, far above. So if he's far above that, whatever your emotional setting is right now, whatever you're going through right now, God has put you above all that. Paul the Apostle said, Jesus Christ, sat, he died for this, rose again from the dead for this, sat down at his own right hand, and then according to Matthew's Gospel, all power and authorities, he entered over unto us, and because of it, he made us far above. So you're far above. Here's what you are. You are not, you are not the tail, you're the head. According to the book, Deuteronomy, we are the head, not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. You ever stop to think about that? If there's an anointing to be the head, then we cannot live the tail anointing. And what is that? Well, stay with me because next week I'm going to talk about that. Now, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things, which is the church. Now, through the death, Jesus paid the price and suffered for our penalty. Through death, Jesus paid the price. Let me say it again. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price and suffered for our penalty. Now, he suffered and we should have and by grace and through mercy, which endures forever. That mercy that endures forever was released towards us, directed towards us. It was granted us. We are now living in that merciful state. And the mercy is for, endures for a thousand generations. When Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered Satan. He conquered him. He broke, listen close, he broke his dominion and took away his authority and took away all of his power. Therefore, coronavirus has no authority. It has no power. Cancer has no authority, has no power. Sickness and disease, you and I ought to be bold about it. It has no power over my life in Jesus' name. The fear of all this stuff, the stress, the mental anguish of it, I have no worry no thought, no anxiety. I'm not depleted in any emotional level. My, my heart is strong. My mind is working strong. I have the mind of Christ on the inside. My mind is renewed. I'm meditating on the word of God day and night according to the book of Joshua. And because of it, oh man, I'm making my way prosperous and I am receiving good success. Jesus rose from the dead. And he conquered Satan. There's a good confession. Jesus, thank you that you conquered Satan in my behalf. And I have the right to say I am delivered and that I am free. Now, Father, I thank you. Now, let me tell you this. Dominion and power was stripped from Satan. All, all the, the, what he had. 
And when Jesus came out, let me, if I can use this term, we'll have an understanding. It's like those were Jesus' trophies that he took from hell. Dominion, power, the keys to life, and the key that removed all sin and removed it as far as from the east as from the west. These were his trophies that he came. And when he did this, he ascended into heaven and the majesty and laid those tokens or those trophies, so to speak. And he laid them at the victory of this victorious at the feet of the great father. Your father, my father. And because of it, you and I win. Now, let me, let me make this statement. I've made these powerful truths available to you. Number, the first thing I want to state uh, in a point, if I could drive this home. Number, uh, here's number one. Claim your rights in Christ. Learn to claim your rights in Christ. If Jesus was born of a virgin and then he died on the cross and did it for you and me, and then rose again from the dead, and did it for you and I, and then he ascended up into heaven, where he now sits at the right hand of the Father. There had to be a a purpose for this, for you personally, for me personally, and he has now given to us all of the benefits that came with the death, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, him seated at the right hand of the Father where he ever lives to make intercession. And if he's doing that, then it's on us, not him. It's on us to claim our rights. Everything Jesus was was ever going to do, he has accomplished. He said on the cross, it is finished. Everything that he came to do, it is finished. Then he rose again from the dead and the spirit of almighty God came on the inside of us on the day of Pentecost and glory be to God. We received that divine nature of almighty God and we're living in that nature right now. So claim our rights. That's what we got to do. We're claiming our rights. Now, Acts chapter 20, verse 32 makes this statement and uh, it's a very powerful statement in reference to this. We must learn how to claim our rights. I claim my rights in the name of Jesus. And these rights that we claim are rights that, that, that carry us through our daily living. They're, they're rights that will move us from, from one phase to another. You know, Joanna and I, uh, my wife and I, she got born again uh, at first and she led me to Christ. And so, you know, we've been born again just, just shy of, of literally 50 years. And, um, and uh, you know, we got born again and we came into the kingdom of God. And, and, uh, uh, and man, it's so powerful to see what God did, how God did this in our life. And we've been studying this book for so many years. And we've come to this and we've never backed up. We've never backslid. We've never wanted to walk away. We never got mad at God. We never raised our fist to God. Why did you do this? And we had a lot of reasons to do that, but we never did it. And we held on to the word because God is true. The Bible said, God is true. Let every man be a liar. God is God. God is awesome. God never failed us. Men have walked away from us. God never has. God is always with us and God will never leave us and God will never forsake us and God is, has given us mercy and God has given us truth and God has given us angelic operation. God is an awesome God and God is working with us. Claim your rights. Look at Acts chapter 20 verse 32. He says this, Now I commend you to God. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the 
not A, the inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Now notice that. I com now, I commend you to God. I'm, I'm releasing you to God. I'm, I'm, as your apostle, the apostle Paul says, as your apostle, I'm, I, I put you into God's hands. And as I speak the word, and he said, and to the word of his grace. How, did, how was the, the methodology that Paul was commending them? He did it by giving them the word. And the word of his grace. And that grace was this, the, the simplistic word is the unmerited favor. Uh, the, this where you and I didn't deserve, but God handed it over to us. What did he hand to us? Himself. He handed us his nature. He handed us this born again life. He didn't handle, he did not hand us church membership or churchism. Going to church doesn't meet the quota. Living for God does. What you say day to day, how you worship Him. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise God forevermore. The Bible said that make known His deeds among the people. Everything God's done for you, don't keep to yourself. Tell somebody how good God is. Let Him know how gracious God has been to your life. Praise God for it. So He said, I commend to you, God, and to the word of His grace, which is able. Now, He is able. To do what? Build you up. And to give you an inheritance among all that are sanctified. How did he do this? For the resurrection power of God, when he was raised from the dead and he was seated at the right hand of the Father, and then we've been made to sit with him, that is our divine position. Now, because of that, you and I have a right to have this inheritance, to walk in this inheritance among the saints. God is building you up. You don't need to try to work at this thing. In a natural setting, uh, I've, now let me tell you this, when I make this, use this illustration, I'm far from this. I don't have a, 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 a gym membership where I go to the gym and lift weights. And, and uh, so I don't do that. I, I don't lift weights. I don't pump up, so to speak. I don't do any of that. But here's what I do know. If, you, if a person's been going to the gym, lifting weights, and let's say they've been accustomed to bench pressing 250 pounds, and man, they, they've been doing this for a long while. And then they stop lifting weights. And they stop for two years. They're going to be like me. They won't be able to lift that 250 pounds anymore. You know why? They're, they were capable of doing it. But because they stopped doing it, they've now weakened themselves. The muscle's still there. The capacity's still there. But they're unable to do it because they stopped using their muscles to maintain that strength. If a challenge comes up, an adverse moment comes up, a situation comes up, and you back off of your redemption rights, and you back off of, of standing by faith on what God did for you, and you say, Jesus, I know you died on the cross, but you don't know what I'm going through. You said, pick up my cross, follow you. Well, my cross is just too hard to bear. You don't know what I'm going through. I can't sleep at night. It doesn't work. I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know why this is going on. Boy, you know, Satan's having a field day with me. I don't know. I'm just a hoping and a praying. Maybe one day this will go away. I don't know. I see all these ministers of the gospel. They seem to have no challenges. They have no problems. You know, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus preached his first message, and they tried to kill him. Read it in Luke chapter 4. After he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me. And he began to declare what he was anointed to do. Then the scripture goes on to say, and the people got mad. 
and they tried to take him to a cliff and kill him. How would you like to preach your first message after you're anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost of power, and you return in the Spirit to your church, your own synagogue, and your own synagogue turn on you and tried to kill you? Oh, man. That, that is, so if you think Jesus didn't have it, they crucified him. They, they, so listen to me. You're going to go through some challenges and you're going to go through some adverse moments. But don't ever quit your confession of faith. If you quit the confession of your faith, it'll get weak. And then once it gets weak, you don't recognize the, the power of Scripture. And out of your belly ought to flow rivers of living water. Out of the innermost being ought to surface the power of the living word of God and the power of God. Now unto God which is able to build you up. It is the word of his power that builds you up. It is the word of his power where our position in Christ originated. The word of his power. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Hebrews 1 3 makes this, I mean, it is a powerful statement. Paul, this is, the writer says this. We know it's the writer of Paul because of the type of writing and, and the, ter- the terminology and the verbiage that's used. It said, who being, in verse 3, who being in the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, listen close now, and he upholds all things by the word of his power. He's upholding all things. He's holding you up right now by the word of his power. So when you speak the word, you're allowing the grace of God to come and hold you up and put you up. So if you're going through a challenging moment, my God supplies all your need. My God is a blesser, not a curser. My God is a healer. He does not infect with disease. My God is initiator of the manifestations that he has in him. He's not the destroyer of your life. He doesn't, he's the, the God that builds up homes, not destroys homes. He's the God that enhances marriage, not causes the destruction of them. He's the God that blesses your children, not causes them to wander in the street. He is the God, the most high God. That is what he does. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, I, once again, I want to say it. I'm a person of words. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Here's what he didn't say. He's upholding all things by the power of his word. He didn't say that. He Otherwise, there would have been uh, in uh, another level of power that was there. So he's saying, if I, we use the power of his word, we said, well, okay, there's power. There's the power of the word, and then there's power of other things. No, the word of his power. So God's power is in his word. God said, let there be light and the word in him was so powerful it is created and still creating and we can change our atmosphere with the word of this power all we got to do is speak the word only so over my house i decree the word i decree no diseases i decree that over our lives there will be no none of these challenges will come up we'll not have unemployment we'll not lose income we're going to be blessed coming all the seeds we've ever sown but call them in with a harvest. Believe God for the supply. He's the God that supplies all your need in the name of Jesus. Now, point number two is this. The living word in this resurrection power is what makes you and I know what our inheritance is. There is this great inheritance that took place. How do we get it? Through the resurrection. This inheritance came through the resurrection. Now, let me tell you this. Jesus Christ, in order to inherit something, there has to be the person who has the whereabouts to leave you something. Number two, they can't leave it for you unless they die. 
and they have to have a written will. The Bible, known as the New Testament, is the testament, the will and testament of God. So this is your will right here. Everything God is saying about you, everything you have, every benefit you have is right here. So this word is our inheritance. I've got to know what this says to know what I've inherited. When Jesus died on the cross, He gave us His inheritance. He gave us Himself. He gave us His life. He died so we might live. He became sin so we might become the righteousness of God. So the inheritance is right here in Scripture. So we are not abandoned. We're We're not without substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So because of this, you and I have got to recognize this. The word that unveils to you the relationship of your heavenly father as your God comes into play here with the resurrection. So the living word gives us our inheritance. You are somebody who has made this great inheritance and you're living in it right now. The challenge is, if number, number one point, is that we don't claim our rights. Claim your rights. See, most don't do that. They don't understand that. They, they don't realize what happened. I recall this, this uh, account one time with this man many years ago. Uh, he was walking with a man by the name of Rockefeller. Rockefeller, a billionaire. Rockefeller was a wealthy man. And a man came to him wanting to see if he could, might get a loan from him. Maybe get some finances for an upstart of a business. And he went in and Rockefeller stood there and, and, said, and the man told him what he wanted. And once he did that, Rockefeller said, come with me. Come with me. And, and Rockefeller, and that man walked, went to the elevator, went down. And uh, as he went out on the street, he walked down a few blocks. With this man, and everywhere Rockefeller went, people would stop and say, Hello, Mr. Rockefeller. And then Rockefeller would introduce him to this gentleman and kept going down the block, crossed the street, went over on the other side, walked back, came back, and went back up to his office. And the man was getting nervous about this and finally said, Well, Mr. Rockefeller, are you going to loan me the money? Are you going to help me? And here's what the Rockefeller said You have no idea what I just did for you. I let them see you walk with me. And I introduced you to everybody I knew who had influence, power and authority, buildings and money, supply, everything you need. And since you know me, they will now provide you with everything you need. You missed why I took you. When we walk with Jesus, we're walking in our full inheritance. When you and I walk with Jesus, don't miss it. That's how we claim our rights. When you and I walk by faith with God, walk in the scripture, here's what's going on. Satan sees it. Oh, I can't have them. Oh, no, they're they're born of the Spirit of God. Life of God is in them. The Word of God is in them. The health of God is strong on them. The power of God is in them. You know, this is what you and I have got to recognize this. This is our inheritance. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the church of Colossians, and he made this statement. And uh, we read this in the third chapter, verse 16. Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. Are you ready? Watch this. Let, allow, permit... The word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ. Now the word Christ, once again, it means the word anointed and is anointing. The anointed one it is anointing. So let the anointed word live inside of you. So the anointing lifts burdens and it destroys yokes. That's what it does. It lifts burdens and it destroys yokes. So for you right now, you and I, we, are, we should be burden lifting, yoke destroying believers. And we do it by walking by faith. And the first place I say 
Burdens will not be on my life. I refuse to worry. I refuse to be anxious. I will refuse to have fear. I'm not going to be full of care and anxieties and sleepless nights. I'm not going to take a pill to go to sleep. And I'm not going to make a pill, take a pill to wake up. I am full of the word of Almighty God. And I'm rich in His mercy. I'm allowing the word of this anointing to dwell richly in me. You want to be rich in Christ? Let the word dwell in you. You want to know how rich you are? See what you say when a challenge comes up. See what the first thing that comes out of your mouth. Joy ought to be the part of your life. Joy ought to be, you ought to be just flowing with this. You ought to be walking in love. You ought to be operating in the love of God, the peace of God that passes all understanding. This is how you and I ought to live, expecting, anticipating the inevitable, God's supernatural interventions. Now, when the word of Christ dwells in you, this is what it's accomplishing. Very important. The word in you is maturing you. It's maturing you. It's maturing me. Every time I read the word, every time I pray the word, every time I allow the word to come in here, I've said this many years ago. You, number one, you've got to read the word of God. Read it. Number two, you, you have to study the word of God. Number three, you have to meditate the word of God. N- number four, you have to pray the word of God. Number five, you, you've got to confess the word of God. Number six, you've got to do the word of God. And then number seven, you got to thank God for it, the word that's working in your life. So when you begin to do this, you begin to mature in what? Resurrection life. You begin to see the resurrection. When a, a challenge comes to your body and you, hear, and you feel your body, you don't say, oh, you know what? So-and-so in my family about three years ago, or they told me about a family curse, and all of us had this in our life. No, not in the name of Jesus. No, we have new DNA. We start our relationship with Jesus Christ, and Jesus is Lord. So here's what it does. Number one, this word dwelling in us is admonishing us. It's admonishing us. Number two, it's educating us. Number three, it's training us. Number four, this is a good one. You're going to love this one. It corrects us. Number five, it's building faith within us. And number number six, it is developing love into our spirit, man, so that we can love as God loves. Mark chapter 16 gives us a depth of revelation here. Let me close this out with this. Mark chapter 16, without reading the whole thing, if you read verses 15 to verse 20, In in verse 17, he says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. That is part of our inheritance, the name of Jesus. I have access to the name. Man, I remember many years ago, Joanna and I were driving in our our car. I had a Volkswagen van at the time. And we were driving on the 5 freeway here, one of our inner states. And uh, we're driving on that. And I remember hearing the Spirit of the Lord said to me, slow down and get in the far lane. Well, I didn't do that. I did part of it. I slowed down, but I didn't get in the next lane. And, uh, and I'm driving. I didn't tell Joanne about it. But when I did, didn't, I didn't obey that. I just, I did slow down. And in front of me was a large truck. And that truck and I became distant because I slowed down. And, uh, but that truck, the bottom of it, as it was shaking, the, the tire came loose off that truck, off that diesel truck. And that tire bounced and came straight at our 
vehicle, and when you know Volkswagen van, it was all window. There wasn't no engine in front. The engine was in the back. It was all up front. And that tire came straight on the side of where Joanne was sitting, came straight at her. We were looking at that tire, and all Jesus could do, all Joanne could do was say, in the name of Jesus, she pointed out the window. Now, that's how you know you're rich with the word right there. She yelled, in the name of Jesus. She didn't have time to say anything else. And that tire flew straight up. It was bounced. It, was, it had bounced once. Came straight at the window. When Joanne said, in Jesus' name, it went straight up. It never hit the ground again. It went straight up. Now, we're convinced an angel just slapped that thing out of it. It went straight up, went over our vehicle, and landed on the very back end of our van. Now, how did that happen? In Jesus' name. So, well, no, I don't, that could have been something else that caused that. You can believe what you want. We saw it, we lived it, we experienced it, and in Jesus' name, that's what happened. And she said it out of her mouth, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Well, when that happened, by God, that thing went all the way over. And you and I, oh, man, we have this great name accessible to us. That name, that's part of our inheritance. We have the right to that name. I can use that name. I can, use, I can, I can confess that name. I can declare that name. I can decree the name of Jesus. And because of this, this name, these signs shall follow them that believe. I want signs following me. I don't want trouble following me. I don't want adversity following me. I want signs following me. I want to know when I walk into a room, something happens. I want to know that when, when, I, when I step into something, the power of God goes into motion. So he said in here, so then after the Lord had spoken unto them, verse 19, 20 said, and they went forth and preached. They went after he spoke to them. And they went forth and preached. Now here's the power. And the Lord working with and confirming the word. Now the word them is in there, but it's italicized. That word italicized is indicating that it was added by the writers to help us along. But it said in here, working and confirming the word. All of this is our inheritance. Now, we have, an, we have inherited the name because of the resurrection. And we've inherited the name of Jesus. And so I, I appreciate the, cro uh, the, the cross. And I appreciate the song, I will cling to the old rugged cross. But you and I are born again now. We don't cling to the old rugged cross. We are seated in Christ at the throne, the right hand of the Father. So the cross is where my sin was laid. The seat in Christ, my position, is where my righteousness lives. We can live and walk in the fullness of God's ability. You can let the ability loose in you if you will to do it. This is love's challenge to let the life of God loose in you and let the word of God prevail. This is resurrection power. Now, right now, the name of Jesus is yours. Right now, the resurrection power is yours. Right now, all the benefits are yours. Right now. Everything that's exceedingly abundantly above all things is yours right now. You have access to those. So here's what I want you to do. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Jesus gave you this power. And he gave you, when he gave you this name, he gave you authority. This is resurrection power. Now, all authority has been given, Jesus said unto me, in heaven and earth. So go, make disciples of other nations. If you're not willing to be a student of Christ, you can't make other students. And you have to be willing to know in order to teach. And so we've got to be able to understand this. This is resurrection power. This is how we know we're blessed. And this is why I'm saying to you, join me next Sunday as we can continue with this. We're seated in Christ. Sit, walk, and stand in Christ. Jesus is Lord. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. 
to experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.